0: Hey, it's Pete Shapiro, and I just wrote The Music Never Stops. What putting on 10,000 shows has taught me about life, liberty, and the pursuit of magic. Hey, it's The Official Tapes. This is a Grateful Dead radio program where we get into the official releases from The Grateful Dead. Sometimes when we do an interview, some of it goes on the radio and some of it goes on to the World Wide Web. Uh, Peter Shapiro, he is going to be chatting a little bit about uh, the book layout and what you can get in his book, The Music Never Stops. He's also going to be uh, telling us a little bit about some magic moments that he's experienced on what it's like putting on 10,000 shows and the... Uh, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Magic that is known as Peter Shapiro. He's also going to give us a rundown on his perspective on uh, the concert industry as well. This is all part of the official tapes. The book is just the story of 50 shows. It's the story of 50 shows and putting on Bob Dylan to open the Capitol or the dead 50 or back at wetlands, you know, early, you know, having blues traveler guys there or making a movie with you 2 in South America or doing the lock festival petty, you know, and dealing with. And and so it's just I stuck to those 50 shows. I didn't want to just do my life story. I'm 50 years old, not really ready to do that. But I had a little health scare a couple years ago, and I'm fine, but lucky guy, and I own Relics Magazine, and the editor of Relics, Dean Budnick. Hey, I'm Dean Budnick. I'm the editor-in-chief of Relics. Extremely talented writer, and been around my world, my life, for the last 20-plus years, 20 almost 25, probably. And he was like, have you ever written anything down? And I hadn't, and nothing. And he's like, I'll write it down, you can talk it out, and uh he and I do a lot of that anyways on the phone. And uh, so we spent a couple of years of like phone calls every night, you know, every other night. I would just, and then I would walk one day I'd be in the middle of a show or a sound check or traveling. And I'd have a thought or an idea or a memory. And uh, I would call Dean and be like, yo, we gotta, you know or I'd write a little note in my phone. And, and then we just, you know, we felt like, hey, let's tell the story of 50 shows because I was turning 50 years old uh, a month or two ago. And it turns out I was able to, you know, hopefully find 50 pretty cool shows that, for people reading it, hopefully it helps them if they're interested in, in live music and putting on shows, hopefully. I've been through a lot. I've been lucky these 10,000, you know, doing this, we figured out, I've done 10,000 of these. Listen, when you do Robert Plant in a club, we just did Jay Z for kids. You see kids jumping around three years old under the parachute, the dead 50 thing, addicts at the end of my life, broke down palace or doing the Empire State Building for US Blues, Bob Dylan opening your venue that you've been renovating for two years. And oh, the Easy Rider Live. Yeah. I got to hang through that thing with Peter Fonda and T-Bone Burnett. And uh, I mean, I've seen Wooks, Grateful Dead Wook fans come out of the ground. I mean, I've seen that twice in my life in cinema. But um, when Dave Schools dropped bass bombs to let everyone know, we had to, lightning came right, and before Tom Petty played, and we had to, you know, that's never fun. Like when the lightning comes at an outdoor festival, and you have to exit everyone out. So it's like, how do we let everyone know it's time to come back in? They're all in their cars, at this, and we're like, Dave Schools should come drop bass bombs, and that's the best way. Or when that rainbow came out in Santa Clara for the first Dead show at the end of the first set, going to dinner with Bobby and Phil and Trey planning fare thee well, you know, it's like, these are magic moments, you know, that's why, that's why you do this. But it's hard, you know, the, the daytime stuff because the details all matter. And like, once the details matter, it's hard. Nothing. If detail, if there's a lot of details, and they all matter for something to work. Then you can't chintz out anything. You can't treat it like you know. You know they're always moving around. They're alive, right? They bounce around. They're not just always the same. I try to like get into the creative figuring out of stuff. That's easier for me. But then when you start thinking about what stuff means and what it represents, then you start tripping. You know, you're just like that's extraneous thinking you got to try to keep it more pure and stay in the zone of like figuring out the creative thing but i'm not sitting here like i got a one-up i just try to sit here and like what comes up in the middle of the night then i then i just try to make it happen and i'm you know i'm working on new venues and like thinking about how can you do it differently you know really taking what i've learned and what works and how do you try to do some some stuff better? So you gotta be on your feet. Still now, for me, I've been doing this every day for twenty seven years. And it's still like I gotta get up and what well, you know, when you put someone on the guest list and figure out how to make sure they're on right, you know, to figure out the show going right, this, that. You still gotta do, you know, the call it tech call it in, write it in the right way, make sure the fact everything's right and like so it's like it never really this type of stuff gets easy. Gets easier, but not easy. What do they say? Money doesn't make you happy, but it makes it easier. Money, having money doesn't, you know, make creativity happen, but it takes the pressures off when you have it. Because when you don't, and I've ha- I, I don't have a lot, and I've almost run out of it a few times. When you're running out of money or almost bankrupt, you're brain space is occupied by that it's hard to be creative when you have no money you know it's just like it's hard to take a lady to a fancy dinner on an amazing date if you have no money so like if you give me money you know i'll put on fairly well but if i have no money then i couldn't put on fairly well. When you're on your left hand dealing with almost bankruptcy and on the right hand planning the dead 50 at the same time, you have to be able to compartmentalize. The bankruptcy papers uh, were written. And, I, and that's hard to like have a talk with the team about the dead thing while holding off the people calling you about the bankruptcy. And you've got to be able to do it effectively. And, and I've dealt with so much stress, I don't feel stress as much. I think so much because I've had so much. I had to get a heart step clear out valves because of all the stress. Um, And that's what led me to write the book. But I'm okay and I'm feeling pretty good and I just saw the Neil Diamond musical and I'm ready for some more shows. Listen, people need live music. So when the economy moves up and down, it really traditionally historically is not, live music holds. You know, maybe they'll dip a little, you know, drinking holds. You know what's interesting? I think we're seeing a little less drinking because people are, yeah, because they're more edibles and marijuana, weed's more readily, I swear. I think there's more people at a show with the vape or the, the gummy or something having a buzz that way. It's, it's legal in a lot of places. And I think you see drinking slightly down. I think the economy, even when it's tough, people still need drinks. I think after COVID, listen, the alpha music fans always went to shows, pre and post COVID. I think actually I'm hopeful that we're gonna have a little bit of a culture where some of the people who might've just chosen to stay home with these new things we talked about, Netflix, HBO Max, podcast, you know, tic-tac you know there's, there's a lot you don't get up off your couch still do it it's, it's easier to suck you in now is what i meant you know and but i think some of those people hopefully are going to choose to be like you know what live music it could go away at any minute right it did it, it it did once in march of 2020 march 13th of 2020 and i think hopefully some of those people on a friday night when they're like, should I do Netflix? just sit here on TikTok, watch these game Or should I go to the show? And I'm hopeful that some of them choose to go to the show because, you know, a little bit God-fearing. They fear a little bit like another, you know, it could go away again. I love going to a show, for me, never fades. The power of the live, you know, I just, it just doesn't fade, you know? And I, I said this in the book, it lasts a great show, a couple days for me, three days, 72 hours, three days. Then I need more. And, and just going to get the more, for me, it just doesn't fade seeing the day. You know, what's amazing is those dead songs. Think about that. There's people who just listen to the same songs, go see it played by different bands, the same songs time after time after time after time i just did nine nights of phil and we're gonna bring him back in march so we got bobby weir you know he's gonna do four nights at the cap in february and phil will be he always comes back for his birthday and like that just we've done 100 shows with phil since i reopened the cap in 2012. and it's still so you know it just never fades those songs that music and I think for a lot of people out there, plus you need it more now than ever. I do think that just with all the cray cray and the stress. Just like every part of a show, whether you it's the, the, the box office, the bar, the bathroom, obviously sound, lights, all that, your seats next to you know, all those things are part of the experience. And if one of them goes off, you're fine. You know, you can, you, you can, the person, your brain, you know, you can get thrown off, you know, and uh, you want to keep vibes positive. Weather, I talk about that in the book, right? Like, weather is really important. It's human, it's not as fun. I mean, you'll, you'll still have a good time, but it's not as fun as perfect 75-degree weather. I got it. I got lucky it fairly well. And if it rains, you know, it's harder. You know, the load into the equipment takes longer. The crew's jacked up. The security guys, whether they're wearing black shirts or tie-dye, they're wet. You know, when the weather's great, it's just better. So when you, when you plan a festival, you got to do all the work, get it all right, and you then you start tracking the weather because that's a really important part of it. And that's why I love the indoor venues myself. I, you know, there's no weather issues, but, you know, but you are waiting, but the winter's a lot stronger because there's like, when it's 22 degrees, there's about six things to do, you know, but when it's 72 degrees, there's about 800. You know, we have we have trouble getting people indoors in the, in the beautiful summer day. Yeah, so I could go on and on about like the nuances. I know just about like every day of the year, I can tell you the difference, you know, between the Tuesday after Laban and the Tuesday after Memorial Day or the Friday. Like, you know, that's what happens just when you do this every day for, for almost 30 years, you know. Uh, luckily, I'm young pretty still. So if I keep, I don't know how long I can do this, but I could, you know, I, I, and that's why I started early. By the way, when I was 23, I took over wetlands and everyone's like, you're crazy. I'm like, well, in 30 years, I'll, I'll only be 53 and I'll be even better at